Hi, I'm Ken Sandberg. And I'm Heather Michelle Lawler. Welcome to Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf. Ooh, spooky season continues. <laughs> Pretty groovy. You're pretty groovy. Thank you. Um, so, uh, as we are recording this, I have a um, sort of uh, apology to make. Uh, oh. Um, to uh, to my mother, whose birthday oh, no. <laughs> was um, as we are recording this episode yes, yesterday, yesterday, which was the day that our previous episode, episode 18, came out. Damn! And I, I forgot to wish her a happy birthday when we recorded the episode that came out on her birthday. Well, so now that we're recording this episode. OK, if you're going to do that. I also have to go back and be like, my mom's birthday was September 25th, and I didn't wish her happy birthday online. So, how about we do happy birthday, moms? Okay. Um, because, you know, it's it's they're within a month. Great. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. We can't sing the traditional happy birthday song because it is copyrighted, and we don't have money to pay for it. Should we make... So, oh, this is just happening. Um, Should we make up a song for our mothers? Yes. Let me go get... Are you going to get a, like, instrument? Oh my gosh, this is happening like on the spot. I'm pretty excited about this. <laughs> so my mom's was September 25th, and your mom's was the October 19th. 20th. The 20th. Oh, Yesterday. that's right, because it was the second day. Yeah. What fucking day is it? Today is Wednesday, <laughs> October 21st. I mean, today is Tuesday, <laughs> October. I don't. I don't know. It's too much. And it's with like, like the, with COVID, I don't I, know, know, I don't know what it day doesn't it is. matter. It doesn't matter. Anyway, we're when we're recording this, I just missed my mom's birthday. Um, literally on a day an episode came out and failed to say happy birthday on the episode when it aired, so I feel like a dick. And I didn't wish my mom a happy birthday when it was her birthday like three weeks ago. So was that also on a Tuesday? Was that on a release day? No, it was like a Friday. Whatever. We love our mothers. They're both our patrons. So uh, they get a special birthday song because they're our moms. And we wouldn't exist without them. So I'm going to let you start because that always seems to work out a little better. Birthday <laughs> to a couple of people who became moms 
Bugs. <laughs> that one was the uh, the Jess Day fierceness, fabulousness that everything in New Girl stands for. Wow. <laughs> okay. That was strange. That was strange. That was, that was um, very strange. I uh, happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday, Jamie. Happy birthday, Jan. Uh, we love you. We love you. Uh, we, bo- we both love you both because you're our moms and you've both taken care of us in some way over the past few years and we love you. Yeah. So, happy birthdays. Happy birthdays. Belated. <laughs> um, well, that was hilarious. It's not how I expected that episode to start I when I hit record. I did not either. That, you know what? That's why we love this episode. <laughs> That's why we love this podcast because... We are currently attending a podcast convention, and it, it's it's really been great so far. It's through podcast movement. It's we're two days in. Yesterday was a very long, it's a day, long day, and our brains were like, "Whoa!" Um, and uh, <laughs> I love when they say script things. <laughs> I mean, our scripting is like our research, like on our author. And the book. And the book. But I kind of love that our intro is like, the fuck? Because yeah. <laughs> that's us. Yeah. And and we want to be vulnerable and uh, open to you as the listeners. Yeah. So you get a little bit of what life is like in this the home of we Ken and Heather. <laughs> this is just what life is like here. Um, so fuck it. Clearly very uh, musical. Very it musical. It is a musical existence. In fact... Do you hear that? Do you hear some music playing? I, I think. Uh oh. Uh oh. Welcome to True, True Crimes, Crimes and, and the Lie, a game show within <laughs> a podcast. Unless you listen to it outside of the podcast. Because sometimes uh, we release it by itself. Because sometimes <laughs> we release it by itself. Uh, to that point, if you listened to this episode of True Crimes and a Lie, um, Last Friday, as you're listening to the full episode, or the day after tomorrow as we're recording this, which is probably when we'll release this episode of True Crimes and a Lie on its own. So if you've already listened to this episode of True Crimes and a Lie, you can go ahead and skip forward to the minute marker that I'm going to put down in the episode description so that you don't have to listen to it twice. Or you can listen to it again. Or just listen to it again, because it's probably going to be really funny. Or entertaining. Or it's going to be weird. Or creepy like, or something. I don't know all yet. of our date recognition during this episode. <laughs> oh, God. What year is it? I need more coffee. Mm. What year is it? All right. Uh, so for those of you who don't know how this game works, uh, True Crimes and a Lie is our literary criminal spin on the game Two Truths and a Lie. I'm going to read the synopsis or the the yeah. summary of three crimes. Two of them actually happened in real life, and one of them is the story to some sort of crime movie or book or, or fictional story, and it's going to be Heather's job to figure out which one is the fictional crime. Recently, we have also added uh, the stories always have a theme, and it is Heather's job to see if she can guess the theme. Your job, listening at home, is to figure out if you can guess correctly faster than she does. Play along. Help me out. Because um, uh, I've been pretty successful the past couple yeah, times. You've had a pretty but... good run. Um, uh, oh, one, one final announcement before we start this thing. Um, spoiler alert. I will be reading the synopsis of some sort of fictionalized story. So if you don't like spoilers, sorry. Sorry. Uh, 
Also, um, I am in this episode of True Crimes and a Lie avoiding using names as much as possible. Oh, because be, just they just might in be, case yeah. a name triggers either a news story or a book or movie book or something. Yeah, yeah, cool. That makes sense. All right, where are we starting? Uh, I'm going to do this one in chronological order. Ooh, okay. Okay, great. So this first story takes place in 1957. Okay. A Los Angeles man opened his door on Halloween night, expecting to see some late-night trick-or-treaters. Instead, he was shot in the chest. No! Jesus. <laughs> okay, so like I said, I'm avoiding using names, yep. so let me know if this can, gets confusing. Yep. Um, police tracked down the murder weapon, a okay. small gun that was registered to a woman that we will call G. That's her first initial. Okay. G. She said it wasn't her fault. She had been coerced into the crime by her friend, a woman we'll call Jay. Jay had paid for the gun and convinced G that the murder victim, the man she had killed, was a bad man who was cruel to his wife. Both women were arrested, and the papers had a field day when they learned the whole story. Okay. See, the full story was the victim, the man who was murdered, had owned a hair salon and hired Jay to work for him as a photographer. When Jay met the man's wife, she fell for her and seduced her. The wife moved in with Jay for a while. The papers, this is 1957, the papers called their relationship abnormal. They lesbians! Jay then went on to seduce G to convince her to murder the man so that his wife and Jay could continue their relationship. Uh, it was all a very high-stakes soap opera in the end. Yeah. Um, and like in most soap operas, nobody got what they wanted and someone ended up dead. Yeah. Did one of them end up going to prison or? Yeah, the, I okay. mean the, the the two the two women were were both arrested in the lesbian murder scandal that rocked Los Angeles in 1957. The lesbian Halloween murder scandal. Yes. Um, all right. So the second story there's that was the first one. There's a costume idea for someone. <laughs> you guys can be the lesbian murderers of Halloween 1957. Uh, so this second story takes place in 1978. Okay. Uh, it happened in a town in Illinois. On Halloween night. I think um, the theme might be Halloween. The theme might be Halloween. <laughs> Yay! Um, you are correct. Woohoo! So there's one point. You at home. Did you figure that out before she did? <laughs> They're um, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> we guessed that before the game show started. <laughs> you guys keep starting your shows with spooky. Um, an Illinois man, uh, he went on a stabbing spree on Halloween night. Uh, he ended up killing at least four people and one dog and stealing... <gasps> no! And stealing at least one car. Oh, I thought now, you were going to say bag of candy from a child. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he kills animals and, and steals, steals candy, candy from, from children. What a dick. <laughs> Fucking um, asshole. Now, because of the quiet nature of the attacks, they're stabbings, not gunshots, uh, the authorities weren't put on to how widespread the danger was until several people had already been murdered. Um, however, uh, at one point, the, the man, the murderer, uh, wandered into the wrong house. See, after his vi final victim, he walked across the street to where a young woman was babysitting. The parents were out for the night. 
Um, fortunately, the babysitter was able to keep her head together and get the kids out of the house uh, long enough for, and like distract the murderer long enough for the officials who were tracking him to show up and shoot him, ending his murder spree. As it turns out, however, this was the man's second brush with the law involving a stabbing. He had, until very recently uh, at that point, been locked up under psychiatric supervision for stabbing his own sister 15 okay. years earlier. <laughs> um, and he, he's dead? Or he went to Yeah, prison? they got him. They killed him? Yeah. Okay. A babysitter um, getting some shit done. Uh, this third story uh, is our most recent. Happened in 2012. Okay. A woman in Michigan was murdered, stripped naked, and dumped about half a mile away from her home. The man accused of her murder was her neighbor and pastor, who had, in fact, helped dress her three-year-old son for trick-or-treating the night she died. Uh-uh. His congregation said it was not possible that he would do this until he confessed. Uh. Uh, the pastor confessed to having gotten drunk, going over to this woman's home, uh, hitting her on the head repeatedly with a mallet, strangling her, and stripping her naked. In the official report, he said he could not remember if he had sex with her. What drugs was he on? As it turns out, this murderer also has an origin story. Because before becoming a pastor, he was sentenced to probation for choking and stabbing a 17-year-old girl in 1981, and then served 12 years for manslaughter in the death of a 26-year-old woman. What? <laughs> Fuck. No. No, no. No, no, no. <laughs> All right. Okay. Ugh. Okay. These were all horrible, but I think the worst one... I'm I'm literally have no idea why or who or which one is the fake one um, or the 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 literary one. Okay. So I be, purely because this one was the worst one, I'm going to hope it's fictional. So I'm gonna go with the stabby stabby stab man who killed a dog because I <laughs> because I don't I didn't like that and um, that, that that's what I'm going with because. The dog died, and I hope it didn't happen. Great. So <laughs> the the stabbing spree in Illinois uh -huh. is the plot to the 1978 film Halloween. Oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> Which I've never seen, by the way. Um, I've never actually seen the original Halloween, so... Uh, yeah, I figured I was kind of taking a risk. I assume that Michael Myers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. would definitely know the name. I, I yeah. like. I, I, I was worried that that. Well, and that's part of why I decided. Well, and not he to didn't do actually names. die. He didn't actually die. That's no, why you were like, like yeah, six, they got they him. They got him. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, there are like sixteen sequels. Yeah. He keeps coming back. <laughs> he just um, does. He can't die. Yeah. Um, but no, that's, I, I knew All I was right. taking a risk with that one, but that, that, yes, you are correct. That was the plot to a horror flick. And literally, I thought the first one was actually the fictional because lesbian Halloween murderers. Just is, sounds too good. Sounds like a book. It's like, it's like the sequel to Ch a children's hour or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, um, but yeah, I just didn't want to envision a puppy Getting, that's fair. Getting killed. That's so fair. That's how desensitized we are as humans. We're like, okay, we'll listen to true crime. But the second they touch an animal, yeah. everyone's like, Don't no. 
You, you don't don't fuck with the puppies. That's real. Don't do it. Puppies are my favorite. Yeah. So I did it. I did Congratulations. it again. Another victory. I hadn't. How did you do at home? Did have you Were seen you right? Halloween? Have you seen Halloween? Because now I feel like I need to watch it. <laughs> we should probably watch. We should probably. I watch probably Halloween. should. I mean, it is a classic. Yeah. We'll we'll watch it some night this week. Yeah. Cool. It'll be, it'll be good. We'll we'll do it. Yay, True Crimes and a Lie! All right. Hope you enjoyed that that episode of True Crimes and a Lie, where we have yet to figure out a tagline. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, are we... Are we... Yep. We're good. good. <laughs> <laughs> I had a brain fart. <clears throat> um... Do you think we're ready to move think, on to the story? I think I'm ready. All right. I'm I'm ready. I've had I've had my pumpkin coffee, my PSL. Let's do it. Great. Uh, so this week we are reading a story by a rare American author. Uh oh. By the name of Robert William Chambers. Oh, I don't know that name. Uh, now, as an author. Robert William Chambers started out in the realm of weird sci-fi, and these writings uh, continued to be his most well-known works, thanks in large part to the influence that they had on other sci-fi and horror writers. Okay. Uh, however, he also worked heavily in romance and historical fiction. <laughs> That's a weird combination. Yep. Um... <laughs> Unlike most of the writers we have read, Chambers had very little drama in his life, near as I can tell. Wow. Uh, and he, he wrote romances? Romance, weird sci-fi, historical fiction, and horror. But personally, seemed to have a pretty down-to-earth life. Yeah, he was nice. raised um, in a family full of, like, lawyers and Navy men. Okay. So, um, my family. But it he was, by all appearances, encouraged by his parents to pursue the arts when when he decided that's what he wanted to do and in fact his his brother uh was a fairly well-known architect okay so they they both went into like design like that kind of yeah. field uh All he right. he attended the brooklyn polytechnic institute and entered the art students league around the age of 20 he went to france and was studying art like like painting okay visual art, uh, but after returning to New York, transferred his focus over to writing. Uh, he got married, they had a son, they had a summer home, and he wrote about things that interested him. Like I said, uh, to this day, he is most well known for his earlier works, his weird science fiction, uh, which is popular in like Lovecraftian circles, yeah. people who are into that sort of thing. Uh, and his most well-known book is a collection of short stories from which you will be reading. It was recommended to us by both Alan Hogue, I think, H-O-G-U-E. Okay. Alan Hogue and Jill Ann. Okay, uh, thank you, Alan and Jill. Thank you, Alan and Jill. The book is called The King in Yellow. And uh, the short stories center thematically around a fictional play called The King in Yellow, which is mentioned several times throughout the course of the stories, and which supposedly drives anyone who reads it into melancholy or madness. The play, not the, okay. the book. <laughs> I was like, well, this is 
Oh, the like play. The, the, oh, so it's like he, a haunted play. He, he he invented the play, The King in Yellow, which is referenced in his book. It's like The, the King Ring in Yellow. It's like if you um, watch the movie The Ring. Yeah, you're it's going like if you watch attacked. The Ring, you're you're gonna die <laughs> in however many days. days, whatever it is. Yeah, the girl's um, gonna climb out of the. TV yeah, and so eat the, your soul. The play, The King in Yellow, which does not really exist, but which apparently gets quoted and referenced. I don't think the Ring the movie book. actually exists either. I hope it doesn't. Does anyone know if that exists? I I can't imagine it does. You know someone made it and started sending it around to fuck with people yeah. though. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, okay, so I get it. Okay, so Yeah. So that's so that's that. Alright. Um but yeah, like I said, this dude this dude had a um had a very normal very, life. very like normal picket fence, wife and kids, summers by the seashore kind of life. Um, uh, he died at age 68 okay. uh, after um, complications during a surgery for some sort of intestinal thing. Okay. Um, so had some but bowel issues, but other than bowel, that he was doing all right. Like real stand-up mustachioed gentleman. Mustachioed gentleman. Yeah. Where did he live? Um, uh, like New, New York. York. Okay. New, the New York area. Like, he, his, their summer home was in upstate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he was that guy. All right, guy. mustache man uh, with a white picket fence. All right. So, uh, this is going to be, so the story you're going to be reading is called In the Court of the Dragon. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's start this fire. Let's start it. In the Court of the Dragon by Robert William Chambers. O thou who burnest in heart for those who burn in hell, whose fires thyself shall feed in turn, how long be crying, mercy on them, God, why who art thou to teach and he to learn? That's a quote. That starts the the story. Oh, is that, that's the, that's like. I think it's. That's the pull quote that he's opening from, from, uh. From the play? From The King in Yellow. Yeah. So. That's. That's dark. Spooky. Mercy on them, God. I want to go back and read that in like my best Shakespearean. Do it. All right. Oh, thou who burnst in heart for those who burn in hell, whose fires thyself shall feed in turn, how long be crying, mercy on them, God. Why, who art thou to teach and he to learn? Okay, that was good. I want you to take it again. Oh God, get out of here. <laughs> also, please never do Shakespeare like that. That was me mocking Shakespeare. <laughs> I really love Shakespeare, but that was, uh, it, it's very pretty. Okay. Yeah. New audition monologue. <laughs> I'm going to do it. In the church of St. Barnaby, is it just Barnaby? Seems like a not super cool saint. It's French. It's got an aigu. Oh, yeah. So, no, it's not Barnaby. It's Barnabé. <laughs> Barnaby. <laughs> Only an American. <laughs> All right. In the church of St. Barnabé. Just call him Barnaby. Okay. In the church of St. Barnaby, vespers were over. The clergy left the altar. The little choir boys flocked across the chancel and settled in the stalls. I was a choir girl. <laughs> Did you sing pretty? Um, I didn't think we were allowed to sing because we had to like stand there while they did all the fun things and we just had to hold the book for the priest with the stinky breath. That's all I remember about being a choir, uh, an altar girl. 
Oh. Oh. Altar girl, not choir girl. I quit. <laughs> I was an altar girl. I was going to say, that seems like a mean thing. Call you a choir girl and you're not allowed to sing? <laughs> I'm not focused. messed up religion is this? I'm starting this whole story over. <laughs> In the church of St. Barnaby, vespers were over. The clergy left the altar. The little choir boys flocked across the chancel and settled in the stalls. A Swiss in uniform marched down the south aisle, sounding his staff at every fourth step on the stone pavement. Behind him came the eloquent preacher and good man, Monsieur S... <laughs> it's just a C with a dash, so I can only imagine his name is Monsieur C. You next Tuesday. <laughs> also, it's Monsignor. Oh, of course. Monsignor. What's the difference? Monsignor is like monsieur for a like priest. That. Oh, okay. So it's the... Why don't they say his name? They, they do that They do that a lot in, in this era yeah. of writing. It's is things it so like... so like you don't like meet someone with that name and be like, was it you? Maybe it's like um, the privacy privacy it's thing. Privacy. It's it's the privacy curtain. Uh. It's it's the um it's the literary version of digitally blotting out your face and making you talk like this. It's like they're in witness protection. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's a literary wit set. But okay, Monsignor C. My chair was near the chancel rail. I now turn towards the west end of the church. The other people between the altar and the pulpit turn too. There was a little scraping and rustling while the congregation seated itself again. The preacher mounted the pulpit stairs and the organ voluntarily ceased. I had always found the organ playing at St. Barnaby highly interesting. Learned and scientific it was, too much for my own small knowledge, but expressing a vivid, if cold, intelligence. <laughs> so, so it was good music, but a little too square and... Like, uh. it's like how I feel when I walk into uh, uh, like a jazz club uh -huh. and the band on stage is doing just free form experimental. Oh, yeah. It's like, that, <laughs> I'm, like I'm sure that's good. Sure that's really good. But it's a little too. Mm, I, it's a little too smart for me. It, it, <laughs> smart is a nice word for what I call free form jazz. <laughs> I, I think they're all playing a trick on us. But yes. <laughs> Moreover, it possessed the French quality of taste. <laughs> okay. That's what it is. That's what it is. I walk into a club, they're playing freeform improvised jazz, and I'm like, that's a little French. That's a little French for me. <laughs> Sorry, France. Taste reigns supreme, self-controlled, dignified, and reticent. <laughs> Today, however, from the first chord, I had felt a change for the worse. A sinister change. During Vespers, it had been chiefly the chancel organ which supported the beautiful choir. But now and again, quite wantonly as it seemed, from the west gallery where the great organ stands, a heavy hand had struck across the church at the serene peace of those clear voices. It was something more than harsh and dissonant. It and it betrayed no lack of skill. As it recurred again and again, it set me thinking of what my architect's book said about the custom in early times to consecrate the choir as soon as it was built. 
and that the nave, being finished sometimes half a century later, often did not get any blessing at all. I wondered idly if that had been the case at St. Barnaby, and whether something not usually supposed to be at home in a Christian church might have entered, undetected, and taken possession of the West Gallery. I had read such things happening, too, but not in works on architecture. What? Okay, first so, of all, so he's being, he's playing his brother. Yeah. Because so the, the, the narrator's an architect. So, cool. Yeah. I had no idea that was going to come up. That's, That's great. fun. Um, also, is he saying that the part of the church is possessed by a demon? Yes. <laughs> So what, what is that, he's saying is that a common occurrence? What, no. So what he's saying is that the tradition was with churches is that the 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 choir the that portion of the church is consecrated as soon as it is built, but that tradition does not necessarily exist with with oh. other parts of the church. So he's wondering if part of the church was built and that wing is now possessed by some demon that's playing organ. Okay. So like where the pulpit is and like the choir and stuff that's consecrated because that's I mean that it's where the you know, altar in goes. some churches like you're not allowed up there unless yeah. you are ordained and or part of the clergy and yeah okay or a choir girl who's not allowed to sing <laughs> shut up <laughs> then I remember that St. Barnaby was not much more than a hundred years old and smiled at the incredible I actually know this word. I just never see it written out. Incredulous? In, in, cur- oh, incongruous. Incongruous? Yeah. What's that mean? Not in harmony or keeping with the surroundings or other aspects of something. Incongruous. Okay. And smiled at the incongruous association of medieval superstitions with that cheerful little piece of 18th century rococo. 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 Okay. <laughs> this guy's a nerd. Super nerd. <laughs> he's like, he's just sitting in church being like, music sounds a little dark today. Maybe they're possessed. But no, it's not that old of a church. There's no way this could have happened. Oh, I'm so glad I know architectural history. <laughs> this, church, this church is way too cute to be haunted. This is like Ted Mosby telling a story <laughs> from How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> and everyone's like... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now now we now we know who our narrator is. Okay. But now vespers were over, and there should have followed a few quiet chords fit to accompany meditation while we waited for the sermon. Instead of that, the discord of the lower end of the church broke out with the departure of the clergy, as if now nothing could control it. I belong to those children of an older and simpler generation who do not love to seek for psychological subtleties in art. (laughs) And I have ever refused to find in music anything more than melody and harmony. But I felt that in the labyrinth of sounds now issuing from that instrument, there was something being hunted. Up and down the pedals chased him while the manuals blared approval. Poor devil, whoever he was, there seems small hope of escape. I don't understand what's happening. So he's just listening to his music and the guy sounds like he's possessed by the devil? Yeah. I mean, so he's playing rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, so the playing was a little boring during the service and then like the choir left and the pastor left and all of a sudden from 
the organ pipes you hear jug 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 I'm sure that wasn't loud for our viewers at home. I, it wasn't because I'll turn down the volume. <laughs> All right. My nervous annoyance changed to anger. Who was doing this? How dare he play like that in the midst of divine service? <laughs> I glanced at the people near me. Not one appeared in the least disturbed. The placid brows of the kneeling nuns still turned towards the altar lost none of their devout abstraction under the pale shadow of their white headdress. The fashionable lady beside me was looking expectedly at Monsignor For all her face betrayed, the organ might have been singing Ave Maria. Ooh, he's the only one that hears it. He's the only one that hears it. That's not good. Either that or the rest of them are just cool. The The rest of them are like, yeah, this is our jam. This is why we come to church. It's like, it's like that cool church that, uh, like, it's all music and they're like we're new age and like yep. traditional people go in they're like it's so loud yeah. yeah it's the this is the this is the youth service with the rock band <laughs> yeah. and the, yeah and he wandered into the wrong he, place. he just walked in he's he's a nerd yeah it's okay he's it's fine you know everyone's got their own taste right yeah. um but now at last the preacher had made the sign of the cross and commanded silence i turned to him gladly Thus far, I had not found the rest I had counted on when I entered St. Barnaby that afternoon. <laughs> yeah, he like wandered in because he's like, I love, this is such a pretty church. And then he's like, the hell's happening in here? Yeah, maybe it's not so church service, maybe it's a concert. I was worn out by three nights of physical suffering and mental trouble. Uh-oh. The last had been the worst. And it was an exhausted body and a mind benumbed and yet acutely sensitive, which I had brought to my favorite church for healing, for I had been reading The King in Yellow. There it is. That's why you're having problems, man. That play makes you either sad or crazy. I don't think he knows yet. (sighs) That's because he hasn't read this book. Because he hasn't read, yeah, the book that he's in. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, The sun ariseth. They gather themselves together and lay them down in their dens. Monsignor delivered his text in a calm voice, glancing quietly over the congregation. My eyes turned, I knew not why, toward the lower end of the church. The organist was coming from behind his pipes and passing along the gallery on his way out. I saw him disappear by a small door that lends to some stairs which descend directly to the street. He was a slender man, and his face was as white as his coat was black. Good riddance, I thought, with your wicked music. I hope your assailant will play the closing voluntarily. Oh, voluntary. Is that, like, properly? I hope your assistant will play the closing voluntary. Well, yes, but... Assistant, not assailant. Yeah, assailant. I'll go back, but... Volunt like what is the Yeah, I think I think the voluntary the closing voluntary is, is like, like the benediction. As written. Um it's the the song that is supposed to be Oh Ooh now okay so voluntary is a is according not as the adjective that we use all the time, right. but as a noun, an organ solo played before, during, or after a church service. Huh. Ah, uh, so it's good riddance. 
I hope your assistant will play well, the closing voluntary. Yeah, because you're going out, you're leaving, you're yeah. done. You you're, you did your, your, rock, your rock anthem, now you out. There we go. Okay, with your wicked music, I hope your assistant will... Out, away, uh, good riddance, I thought, with your wicked music. I hope your assistant will play the closing voluntary. Will play the closing voluntary. Yeah. Yep. Great. All right, we learned something new. Voluntary has two meanings. I'm tired of listening to you. I hope the other guy plays the, the end. Because I like it traditional. With a feeling of relief, with a deep, calm feeling of relief, I turned back to the mild face in the pulpit and settled myself to listen. Here at last was the ease my mind longed for. My children, said the preacher, one truth the human soul finds hardest of all to learn, that it has nothing to fear. It can never be made to see that nothing can really harm it. Curious doctorate, I thought, for a Catholic priest. <laughs> Why aren't you guilting me? <laughs> Why aren't you telling me to be afraid? My children, your soul is in no peril. Great, I'm out. Sweet. Can I'm I go? Can I like go? No more aves. No more hail marys. No more My confession. I am good. Peace out. If Catholic Church had been like that, I might still go. Curious doctrine, I thought, for a Catholic priest. Let me see how he will reconcile that with the fathers. <laughs> He's in trouble. Nothing can really harm the soul, he went on, in his coolest, clearest tones, because... Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> but I never heard the rest. My eye... Uh-oh. You probably needed to hear the rest of that sentence. I never heard the rest. My eye left his face. I knew not for what reason and sought the lower end of the church. You don't hear with your eyes, dude. <laughs> He's very focused. He's very stressed out. He's been reading this play. <laughs> Led Zeppelin was playing in the background all oh, All morning. It's so distracting. The same man was coming out from behind the organ and was passing along the gallery the same way. But there had not been time for him to return. And if he had returned, I must have seen him. I felt a faint chill and my heart sank. And yet, his going and coming were no affair of mine. I looked at him. I could not look away from his black figure and his white face. When he ha was exactly opposite to me, he turned and sent across the church straight into my eyes, and a look of hate, intense and deadly. I have never seen another like it. Would to God I might never see it again. Then he disappeared by the same door through which I had watched him depart less than 60 seconds before. <laughs> There's a ghost. Twin really? brother. Or, or that. <laughs> twin brother. Evil twin. Yeah. I sat and tried to collect my thoughts. My first sensation was like that of a very young child badly hurt when it catches its breath before crying. To suddenly find myself the object of such hatred was exquisitely painful. And this man was an utter stranger. Why should he hate me so? Me, whom had never seen him before. For the moment all other sensation was merged in this one pang, even fear was subordinate to grief. And for that moment I never doubted, but in the next I began to reason, and a sense of the incongruous came to my aid. 
As I have said, St. Barnaby is a modern church. It is small and well-lighted. One sees all over it almost at a glance. The organ gallery gets a strong white light from a row of long windows in the clerestory? Clerestory? That's what it looks like to me. You want to look it up? Clerestory. Clerestory. Some, it's a churchy word. The upper part of the nave, choir, and transept of a large church containing a series of windows. It is, cl- uh, it is clear of the roofs of the aisles and admits light in the central parts of the building. So okay. if you're looking at those old churches, it's like you've got the the part where people actually hang out yeah. and then it looks like there's another building set on top yeah. of it almost, but that's, that's actually just that's that's the super high roof. Yeah. Cool. That's all. It's the it's the nice skylights. Skylights. <laughs> skylights. It's the pretty windows that Yay. let in all the light. Uh, the organ gallery gets a strong white light from a row of long windows in the clerestory, which had not even colored glass. So they were clear glass. The pulpit being in the middle of the church, it followed that when I was turned towards it, whatever moved at the west end could not fail to attract my eye. When the organist passed, it was no wonder that I saw him. I had simply miscalculated the interval between his first and his second passing. He had come in that last time by the other side door. As for the look, which had so upset me, there had been no such thing. I was a nervous fool. I looked about. This was a likely place to harbor supernatural horrors. (laughs) I love how he, like, totally reasoned. And then he went, oh, yeah, this place is totally haunted. (laughs) I looked about. This was a likely place to harbor supernatural horrors. That clear-cut, reasonable face of Monsignor his collected manner and easy, graceful gestures that were not just a little discouraging to the notion of a gruesome mystery. I glanced above his head and almost laughed. That fly-away lady supporting one corner of the pulpit canopy, which looked like a frigid damask tablecloth in a high wind, at the first attempt of a... What? Basilisk? Oh, basilisk. At the first attempt of a basilisk to pose up there in the organ loft, she would point her gold trumpet at him and puff him out of existence. <laughs> oh, shit! Well, damn! He's just having a whole, like, a whole story he's, in his He's head. going through, like, some sort of vision quest thing or something. Uh, maybe, like, there's, he's, maybe he's had acid. I think he took could, some drugs. He could just be on LSD. Yeah, he might just be tripping. Like, having a ba- bad trip in church. Um... The da, da, she pointed her gold trim, trumpet at him, puffed him out of existence. Although, in fairness, I remember as a kid, this That's is true. basically what I did mm-hmm. in church. If I was like, if that was bored, if the if the the sermon was going over my head, yep. or if it was one of the sermons about money, or, or one um, of the sermons that was just like, nah, right, nah, 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 I, nah. I would I would like look around at the stained glass windows and tell and stories. start and start picturing them like coming to life, and you know yeah. the the archangels would come down and fight the dragons and and I would run through that whole story and that um, is very true um so basically he's just the sermon's really bored boring (laughs) and he's like huh I wonder if that basilisk up there could uh just puff him out of existence I wonder I wonder if that lady with the trumpet could protect me from demons yeah 
I laughed to myself over this conceit, which at the time I thought very amusing, and sat and chafed myself and everything else, from the old harpy outside the railing who had made me pay ten centines for my chair before she would let me in. <laughs> Did he pay to sit in church? That fucking sucks. She was more like a basilisk, I told myself, than was my organist, who, with the anemic complexion... <laughs> this bitchy lady who made me pay to sit in church... Was more of a demon was more than of a, a creepy... Yeah. Organ player. <laughs> wow. No, no, he's he's just he's he's running through the like. No, I'm letting my imagine, uh, letting imagination, my imagination yeah. run away. It uh, reality is scarier than fiction. That's yep. <laughs> well, that's for damn sure. Um, from that grim old dame to yes, alas, Miss Monsignor S himself. <laughs> just gonna, I love that his name is Monsignor. S Monsignor C. himself, for all devoutness had fled. I had never yet done such a thing in my life, but now I felt a desire to mock. <laughs> now? He's been mocking a lot. As for the sermon, I could not hear a word of it for the jingle in my ears of, The skirts of St. Paul had reached, having preached us those six Lent lectures, more... I, I don't know what that word is. Un to... Unctious? Unctious. What's that mean? Unctious of a person excessively or ingratiatingly flattering, oily. Okay. Uh, of minerals having a greasy or soapy feel. Okay. So unctious, um, sleazy. Okay. So, as for the sermon, I could not hear a word of it for the jingle in my ears of the skirts of St. Paul has reached, having preached us those six Lent lectures, most unctuous than ever he preached, keeping time to the most fantastic and irreverent thoughts. That's in quotes. It was no use to sit there any longer. I must get out of doors and shake myself free from this hateful mood. I knew the rudeness I was committing, but I still rose and left the church. Yeah, I was like, just, just get out of there, dude. The spring sun was shining on the Rue de Honneur. Oh, God. Fucking French. Saint. Uh, Rue Saint Honneri? I don't know. I'm just going to say Rue Saint Honor. <laughs> Rue Saint Henri. It's a street. Yeah. I mean, Rue is street. Yeah, I know. Rue is street. All right. Um, the spring sun was shining on the Rue Saint Henri, horny. <laughs> the spring sun was shining on the uh, Rue yes, Saint Henri. Yes, my favorite Henry. Catholic saint, Saint Horny. <laughs> you know, it would explain a lot. Uh, I think he actually has three streets named after him in Paris. <laughs> The Saint Horny. Saint Horny, yeah. Is one of them like outside the, the Moulin Rouge. He is the patron saint of lovers and prostitutes. Yeah. Oh, is it? Shut get the fuck out of here. <laughs> He's such a liar. I always believe him though. Just a, for a second. A spring sun was <laughs> A spring sun was shining on the Rue Saint Hon A sun's a sp <laughs> 
Take 64. <laughs> good Sound thing speed. Good thing I'm getting paid the big bucks. <laughs> a spring sun was shining on the Rue Saint-Honoré, and I ran down the church steps. On one corner stood a barrow full of yellow jonquils, pale violets from the Riviera, dark Russian violets, and white Roman hyacinth in a golden cloud of mimosa. Mmm, mimosa. It's <laughs> like a pretty flower arrangement. That sounds like a very pretty flower arrangement accompanied by a mimosa. The street was full of Sunday pleasure seekers. Oh, <laughs> so it is the street St. Horning. St. Okay. Sunday pleasure seekers. I swung my cane and laughed with the rest. Someone overtook and passed me. He never turned, but there was the same deadly malignity in his white profile that there had been in his eyes. I watched him as long as I could see him. His lithe back expressed the same menace. Every step that carried him away from me seemed to bear him on some errand connected with my destruction. What the fuck? He just thinks everyone's out to get him. Paranoia is an aspect of a bad trip. That is true. I was creeping along, my feet almost refusing to move. There began to dawn in me a sense of responsibility for something long forgotten. It began to seem as if I deserved that which he threatened. It reached a long way back, a long, long way back. It had lain dormant all these years. It was there, though, and presently it would rise and confront me. But I would try to escape, and I stumbled as best I could into the Rue de Rivioli. The ravioli? Yes. <laughs> the Rue de Ravioli. <laughs> so the intersection of uh, St. Horny Street and Ravioli Street... <laughs> is where all the fun is, happens. ...is um, really a place I want to be. You know what? Um, whoever's a city planner out there, if you can make the Rue de Horny and the Rue de Ravioli meet up, that's going to be the most popular street in your city. <laughs> it's just sex and carbs. That's so, all it is. <laughs> so it's Italian. <laughs> Sex and cars. It's actually, that is the center of Little Italy in Paris. <laughs> Do you think European cities have, like, no. that quarter? No, like, they don't. I is mean, there, is in there a, Australia, they had, like, a Chinatown, because it was where you got all the yummy dim sum and stuff, but, like... You don't think there's, like, Little a, Italy a Little Italy in, in Berlin? In Berlin. <laughs> Nava, if you're listening, my friend just moved to Berlin. Is there a Little Italy in Berlin? Let us know. Thanks. Oh my god, there's about to be so many words in French, and I hate it. Okay, <laughs> get ready. But I would try to escape, and I stumbled as best I could into the Rue de Rivioli, across the Place de la Concorde, and on to the Quay. I looked with sick eyes upon the sun, shining through the white foam of the fountain, pouring over the backs of the dusty bronze river gods on the faraway ark, a structure of amethyst mist, on the countless vistas of gray stems and bare branches faintly green. Then I saw him again, coming down one of the chestnut alleys of the Cour La Reine. I left the riverside, plunged blindly across the Champs-Élysées. Hey, Champs-Élysées! Oh, Champs-Élysées! Why do I know that song? <laughs> that just came out of me. And you knew the same song, so apparently it was in French class, maybe in like high school. Yeah, well, I have the excuse of my dad taught, taught French. Taught French. 
<laughs> I just took two years of French in high school. Um, I left the riverside, plunged blindly across the Champs-Élysées, and turned toward the Arc. The setting sun was sending its rays along the green sward of the Ronde Point. In the full glow, he sat on a bench, children and young mothers all around him. He was nothing but a Sunday lounger like the others, like myself. I said the words almost aloud, and all the while I gazed on the malignant hatred of his face. You. But he was not looking at me. I crept past and dragged my leaden feet up the avenue. I knew that every time I met him brought him nearer to the accomplishment of his purpose and my fate. And still, I tried to save myself. Jesus! <laughs> is, hmm. this, is this like the Grim Reaper? I don't know, maybe? The last rays of sunset were pouring through the great arc. I passed under it and met him face to face. Dun, dun, dun. Oh my gosh. I had left him far down the Champs-Élysées, and yet he came in with a stream of people who were returning from the Bauge de Beaujolais. <laughs> it's not! <laughs> oh, Bois de Boulogne. Bois, Bois de Boulogne. <laughs> so the Boulogne. The Bog of Boulogne. The Box of, uh, the Woods of Boulogne, actually. The Woods of Boulogne. Okay. I like the Beaujolais because now we've got, now we got the the sex street, the pasta street, and the wine street all like hanging out, like, <laughs> you know. But Bouge, okay, the people, uh, and uh, God damn it, I had left him far down the Champs Elysees, and yet he came in with a stream of people who were returning from the Bouge de Bourgogne. Yep, exactly, perfect. What have you done to me and to our poor listeners? <laughs> They've suffered through my German accent, and now I have a story and, with and a bunch of French now, words. Now your French language. Good God, and it's not going to stop. Nope. All right, next week's in Japanese. Fuck you. He came so close that he brushed me. His slender frame felt like iron inside its loose black coverings. He showed no signs of haste, nor of fatigue, nor of any human feeling. His whole being expressed one thing, the will and the power to work me evil. It says to work me evil. <laughs> is, is he Irish? To work me evil. The will and the power to work me evil. <laughs> Wait, why is it me, the evil one? Shite. <laughs> In anguish, I watched him where he went down the broad, crowded avenue that was all flashing with wheels and the trappings of horses and the helmets of the guard Republican. So the frickin' Republicans. Are <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be scared, too. Yeah, get out of there, dude. You don't want to be there. <laughs> I know Run it's the, away! like, Viva la, 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 la Republic. Like, it's their version of police. But get out of there if it's a bunch of Republicans. He was soon lost to sight. Then I turned and fled into the ball. Oh. How do you say it again? The woods? Bois de Boulogne? No, it's just one. Oh, the bois. Into the bois. Why are there woods in the middle of Paris? Are there woods in the middle of Paris? Park or something? So into the woods. Into the woods. Into the woods. Into the woods and out of the woods to meet the Grim Reaper. Woo! 
<laughs> we sing a lot of Sondheim on here, and I love it. All right. Here he goes. He was soon lost to sight. Then I turned and fled into the bois, and far out beyond it. I know not where I went, but after a long while it seemed to me night had fallen, and I found myself sitting at a table before a small cafe. I had wandered back into the bois. It was hours now since I had seen him. Physical fatigue and mental suffering had left me no power to think or feel. I was tired, so tired. I longed to hide away in my own den. I resolved to go home, but that was a long way off. I lived in the court of the dragon. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> okay, first of all, title of the story, kind of. Um, and, oh, yeah, yes. Court of the dragon, but also... I would not sign a lease in a place called the Court of the Dragon, or I would Are you own it. Kidding me? I would sign a lease in the Court of the Dragon tomorrow. <laughs> Chasing the dragon was like a term for like uh, opium, uh, opioid like use. So I feel like this is like he lives in like a drug den. Like, well, chasing the dragon. <laughs> maybe, but this, the court of the dragon? Are you kidding me? That's... I mean, we all saw what happened to Daenerys, the, the, the house of the dragon in that damn show. Nothing good comes of dragons. You what? and I watched How to Train Your Dragon together. Yes. Oh, he is so cute. That little, little dragon. Now that dragon I will take forever. <laughs> We'll live in that court of the dragon. Okay. No questions asked. I or like Pete's dragon. Or Pete's dragon. Oh, Lots of good things come yeah. from dragons. Yeah, that's true. Just, yeah, okay. Okay. I live in the court of the dragon. Yeah. <laughs> A narrow passage that leads from the Rue de Rennes to the Rue de Dragon. I'm going with that French pronunciation. Dragon. Dragon. It is an impasse, traversable only for foot passengers. Over the entrance of the Rue de Rennes is a balcony, supported by an iron dragon. Within the court, tall old houses rise on either side and close the ends that give out to two streets. Huge gates, swung back during the day into the walls of the deep archways, close this court after midnight, and one must enter then by ringing a certain small doors on the side. The sunken pavement collects unsavory pools. Steep stairways pitch down to doors that open on the court. The ground floors are occupied by shops of second-hand dealers and by iron workers. All day long, the place rings with the clink of hammers and the clang of metal bars. That sounds like a very unfortunate place to live. <laughs> Sounds like some of what we've been dealing with in the hallway today. Well, yeah, I mean, we've had to stop recording like 12 times because of a vacuum, and because it's foggy, all the boats, we live right on the river, are honking their horns the, when they, like, leave. Every... <laughs> There's there one is. right there! <laughs> Honk! <laughs> the, the, the gods are mad at this story, and now I'm <sighs> afraid that we have been duped into the ring. <laughs> That right. really is what this is. It's like they're trying to keep us from reading it. All right. We shall not be deterred. <sighs> oh, and then he says, unsavory as it is below, there is cheerfulness and comfort and hard, honest work above. <laughs> like I mean, what there we're is, doing. There's honestly hard, honest work below, too. It's just not super welcoming as like a place to sleep. Five flights up are the antliers of architects and painters. Like, are these like, like artist houses? 
Antliers? Ateliers? Ateliers? Atelier? Atelier? That sounds like a French word. Atelier? A T E. A T E. L E. A T E L I E R S. Atelier, a workshop or studio. So, art studios. Uh, Yeah. Adlier. 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 Five flights up are the adliers of architects and painters and the hiding places of middle-aged students like myself who want to live alone. (laughs) When I first came here to live, I was young and not alone. Whoa! I have a feeling we're about to find out. Just went to a personal place. Yeah. I had to walk a while before any conveyance appeared, but at last, when I was had almost reached the Arc de Triomphe again, an empty cab came along, and I took it. From the Arc to the Rue de Rennes is a drive of more than half an hour, especially when one is conveyed by a tired cab horse that has been at the mercy of Sunday fit makers. <laughs> There had been time before I passed under the dragon's wing to meet my enemy over and over again, but I never saw him once, and now refuge was close at hand. He's almost home! Before the wide gateway, a small mob of children were playing. Our concierge and his wife walked among them with their black poodle, keeping order. Some couples were waltzing on the sidewalk. I returned their greeting and hurried in. All the inhabitants of the court had trooped out into the street. The place was quite deserted, lighted by a few lanterns hung high up, in which the gas burned dimly. My apartment was at the top of a house, halfway down the court, reached by a staircase that descended almost into the street, with only a bit of passageway intervening. I set my foot on the threshold of the open door, and friendly old ruinous stairs rose before me, leading up to rest and shelter. Looking back over my right shoulder, I saw him, ten paces off. He must have entered the court with me. Ah, fuck! Oh, God! He's gonna die! Ah! He was coming straight on, neither slowly nor swiftly, but straight on to me. Singing telegram. (laughs) I am your singing telegram. Bang! That's clue, (laughs) clue the musical. Or the movie, not the musical. And now he was looking at me. For the first time since our eyes encountered across the church, they met now again. And I knew that the time had come. Retreating backward down the court, I faced him. I meant to escape by the entrance of the Rue de Dragon. His eyes told me that I would never escape. It seemed ages while we were going. I retreated, he advancing, down the court in perfect silence. But at last, I felt the shadow of the archway, and the next step brought me within it. I had meant to turn here and spring through into the street, but the shadow was not that of an archway. It was that of a vault. The great doors of the Rue de Dragon were closed. I felt this by the blackness which surround me, And at the same instant, I read it in his face, how his face gleamed in the darkness, drawing swiftly nearer. 
The deep vaults, the huge closed doors, their cold iron clamps were all on his side. The thing which he had threatened had arrived. It gathered and bore down on me from the fathomless shadows. The point from which I would strike was his eternal eyes. Hopeless, I set my back against the barred doors and defied him. There was a scraping of chairs on the stone floor and a rustling of the congregation arose. Did he fall asleep? <laughs> no. It's all in a dream. There was a scraping of chairs on the stone floor, a rustling of the congregation arose. I hear the Swiss staff in the south aisle preceding Monsignor s- to the sacristy. The kneeling nuns, roused from their devout abstraction, made their reverence and went away. The fashionable lady, my neighbor, rose also with graceful reserve. As she defar- as she departed. <laughs> Rose with graceful reserve as she farted. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta let it go. Yeah, but she, not in church. Yeah, I think that's a great place because you're gonna be forgiven right away. As she departed, her glance just flittered over my face in disapproval. Half dead, or so it seemed to me, yet intensely alive to every trifle. I sat among the leisurely moving crowd, then rose too and went toward the door. I had slept through the sermon. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and you were there, and you were there. Oh, he's still going to get it, though. Had I, I slept through the sermon. Had I slept through the sermon? I looked up and saw him passing along the gallery to his place. Only his side I saw, the thin bent arm on its black covering looking like one of those devilish nameless instruments which lie in the disused torture chambers of medieval castles. Mm. Damn. But had I escaped him? Though his eyes had said I should not, had I escaped him? That which gave him the power over me came back out of oblivion, where I had hoped to keep it, for I knew him now. Death and the awful abode of lost souls, whither my weakness long ago had sent him. They had changed him for every other eye, but not for mine. I had recognized him almost from the first. I had never doubted that he was to co- what he was come to do, and now I knew while my body sat safe in the cheerful little church, he had been hunting my soul in the court of the dragon. I crept to the door. The organ broke out overhead with a blare. A dazzling light filled the church, blotting the altar from my eyes. The people faded away. The arches, the vaulted roof vanished. I raised my seared eyes to the fathomless glare and I saw the black stars hanging in the heavens and the wet winds from the Lake of Holly chilled my face. And now, far away over leagues of tossing cloud waves, I saw the moon dripping with spray and beyond. The towers of Carcosa rose behind the moon. Death and the awful abode of lost souls, withering my weakness long ago, had sent him, had changed him for every other eye but mine. And now I heard his voice, rising, swelling, thundering through the flaring light. And as I fell, the radiance increasing, increasing, poured over me into waves of flame. Then I sank into the depths, And I heard the king in yellow whispering to my soul, 
It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. The end. <laughs> Holy fuck! Ew! 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 I just got goosebumps at the end. That's really gross. Don't read that book, y'all. So, um, we're we're working on uh, oh. starting a theater company with yes. a friend, and I have just decided that the first production of the first full Fuck season you. will be The King in Yellow. No! Brandon, <laughs> don't listen! Oh my god, ew! I would, um... Whew! I'll direct it. It's fine. I mean, we all have to read it if we're going to be in it. <laughs> no, I'll, every, not everyone has to read it. We'll we can all do, get our own individual lines yeah, we like can, Shakespeare. We can do the Shakespearean thing where all you'll get is is My your lines. lines and then your cue lines. Okay. I'd rather you not read it, though, because then, like, then you're going to get haunted, and I kind of like you. I know. I won't read it. I will uh, scan it into a computer... And have the text-to-voice thing read it to me. Uh, I, mm, I'm i going to guess um, that might have the same effect, but I don't know. I guess we can just... But the thing I is, wonder if it exists. Do we know if this is actually, like... It does not. An extant copy not. of the, the King in Yellow uh, does not exist to the best of my research. I think you should write it. <laughs> Trademark. I'll just snag all of the... Uh, like all the quotes All from, of the quotes that are in well, the book. Well, they're all and, in uh, public domain, mm-hmm. so and you can turn them create... Into, and then you, like, you do, like, a cycle of play... You do a pl- you do the play, and then you do all the, like, readings of the stories do, that happen to the people. do a bunch of, of uh, uh, one-acts or uh, audio dramas or that something. That are, like, the stories that he wrote. Ugh. I like that. That's creepy. That's good for like a, a classics theater. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Hint, hint. Get behind that. Waka waka. <laughs> All right. Okay, that was creepy. We got through it. There was a lot of distractions during that one. Um, thank yeah. you, vacuum man in the in the hallway. Thank you, Lina, who I get to read part of the story to like a wee baby. She's so sweet. And now she's just laying here. Um, and of course the horns. Yeah. <laughs> but we made it. That was episode 19. That was episode 19. Uh, of course, most importantly, thank you. Yes. Uh, for listening, um, for getting this far. That's impressive. The statistic is that most people, when listening to podcasts, make it between 60 and 80% of the way through. Yeah. Which, uh, and hopefully do not in ours, the they the like the stories and they want to know what um, happens at the end. Because ours tend to have twists at the end. Yeah. I was listening to that statistic the other day, like in the, in the, mm-hmm. in the workshop. And I went, well, that's like interviews, I'm guessing, and stuff. Because, like, I mean, I'm sure there are some stories you're like, yeah, I've either heard it or I know where it's going or something. But, mm-hmm. like, ours kind of, like, I'd rather you skip over our banter at the beginning <laughs> I'm guessing if we have if we have listeners, um, and please, like, genuinely, I say this, we, this really, really truly, you. genuinely, um, if you are listening to me say these words, if you have made it this far into the podcast... 
shoot us a message either at 5050rsproduction at gmail.com or on our website, campfireclassicspodcast.com. Or if you know either of us personally, just like message us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and something and be like, yeah, I actually listened to the end because I'm I'm, I'm actually now I'm genuinely curious. And like, how I many mean, people, really do. How many people make it to the end of the episode versus how many people just make it to like the end of the story and go, okay, that was the end. end, off. Because we say some weird shit at the end, y'all. And if you've been listening to that, we want to know. Yeah. Because like that helps us uh, structure the episodes. Yeah. So please actually email us or or send us a message on the website. Yes. Other than that, we should start become dropping... a patron. We love it. We're going to relaunch soon because right now it's listed as 50-50 Arts Production, which is our, our company. But I think there's some confusion. Yeah. So we're going to have a relaunch and we will probably have like a live thing happen. So get excited for that. We're learning so much in the next two weeks. Yes. Get excited. Get your hopes up. Get your hopes up and then we'll let you know. So hold your breath. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Uh, hope, hope you enjoyed that. Uh, happy Halloween. It's just a couple of days away. Vote. Vote, 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 yeah. vote, vote, vote. Yeah. If you haven't already submitted... Uh, a, a mail-in vote or gone in to do early voting. Um, at this point, actual election day is a really, week away. Yeah, a week away, y'all. So go do that. Go do it, please. Please, That'd please, please. That'd be super cool of you. Um, if you're in America. If you're not in America, please um, tell any American friends to go freaking vote. That's, if, you know why. If you're not in America, <laughs> take me with you. Yeah, okay. We might have a phone call to make to you on the 3rd, depending on how things go. Yeah. So... If you're in another country and you like you like us, you just also email us and let us know. <laughs> All right. On that merry little note. We love you. This has been Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf. Welcome to the court of the Ragoon. Rock and roll the music.